Hey, it's good to be here today, Westridge. I'm Lance Hurley, and it's just an opportunity to continue our summer trail mix together in the month of July. And I thought I'd start our time together with a question. Have you ever been stuck? Let me tell you about something that happened to me one time. I was scouting for a place for a new church to begin in Hobart, Indiana. My day job is uh, starting churches across Chicagoland, which I really love my day job. Uh, I was working with one of our planters, and there was an unused movie theater right around Route 30 in Hobart. I thought, oh, this would be a perfect place. So we went up to the front of the theater. We looked out into the theater, and uh, plenty of lobby space for setting up hospitality and all that kind of stuff. Looked good. But one of the keys to having church in a movie theater is being able to put uh, equipment in and out easily. So I said, let's go around back of the theater. Let's see what kind, of, uh, what kind of ingress and egress there is here at the place. So I was driving along, looking at different things, explaining what I was seeing. And all of a sudden, the church planter who's sitting in the seat beside me said, curb! And my front tires went up and over the curb and down on the other side of the curb. Now, it was a sidewalk extension, which I didn't know. And when my front tires went up and over and went down on the other side of the sidewalk, I put the brakes on, which was a mistake. Because it was a perfect space to fit my car from front tires to back tires. And we got out and looked, and I realized I was stuck. The church planter, he's about five foot five and 150 pounds soaking wet. He said, I'll push you out. I said, I don't think so. He said, well, how are we going to get out? I said, this looks like a job for a tow truck. So we went over to the nearby uh, service station, and got, they had a tow truck there. So I drove back in to, the ve- to my vehicle with the driver of the tow truck. And as we approached, my vehicle stuck on the sidewalk extension. I said to him, bet you don't see this happen too often. He said, oh, you'd be surprised. See this happen all the time. And I looked at him and said, oh, come on, man. And he started laughing. He said, I have never seen this before in my life. <laughs> $45 later, my car was unstuck, my problem was solved, and I had another church planning memory for my album. How about that, huh? Have you ever been stuck? Problems. We encounter them all the time. And one specific problem I think has caused more than one person to become immobilized. <laughs> stuck, if I may say. And some may face this problem more than others. But I dare say, I think I can accurately say that all of us at one point or another have encountered anxiety. Am I right? We all know what it is. We've all faced it. If we don't deal with it properly, it can cause our lives to become stuck in one place. Now, our summer trail mix is all about taking short little verses from the Bible and using them to apply to our lives as we journey along the the, the journey of life that we're all on. And plugging the passage we're going to look at today into practice, I think, will help us as we take on this problem of anxiety that We've all encountered. Now, here's the, here's the verse. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Here's what it says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this one in particular. As we encounter opportunities for anxiety, if we plug it into practice, I think it will help us overcome this problem. We all encounter it, so let's look at it today. The problem is anxiety is a very infiltrating thing. Now, uh, most of you should have received a sponge when you walked in. If you didn't get a sponge, please get one on your way out, please. I brought a sponge with me today. Now, it's hard. There's nothing to it. It's not very flexible. Now, I want you to see what happens when I put this sponge into the water here. You notice that? Immediately, it absorbed. It became saturated just like that. 
And not only did it become saturated, it sank because of the weight of saturation. Now, here's what I know about anxiety. It's real. It's real. Now, we, we know what it feels like when it comes on us physically. Let me, let me explain a couple things. Uh, the pit, the, the knot in the, in the pit of your stomach, right? Increased heart rate. Breathing goes a little faster as well. An obsession of thought about the anxiety causer. Or maybe an obsession of talking about the anxiety causer to anybody who will listen. Am I right? Am I right? Now, here's the deal. If we allow it to, anxiety is going to saturate our lives and it will drag us down. Now, it can come from all kinds of things. I, I talk in front of people all the time, but I'll tell you what, when I make presentations in new places, I still get those butterflies, that anxiety in the pit of the stomach. Going to new places by myself. Speaking at churches for the first time, I have kind of a unique style, and some like, some don't, okay? Honestly. Riding my motorcycle on the interstate brings a little anxiety, Okay? Okay, now there's all, all kinds of things. When I get a new, in a new setting, I feel anxious at times. Several years ago, I offered my services to the Kankakee County Sheriff's Department as a chaplain. My son's a police officer. I love the men and women in tan. And when I went to the first shift meeting to talk with the officers about being a chaplain for them, I was nervous. I mean, I was really, really nervous. I was saturated because I did not know how they would respond to someone like me. My wife was very surprised, but I wasn't at all because I've encountered it and it's, it's infiltrated me at times, anxiety, yes. Now, there are all kinds of things that can cause it. You know it as well as I, big things. And they, they can be good. They can be good like weddings or, or a new job or a baby coming. Anxiety causers, though, right? Uh, even, even challenging things can cause anxiety. We know that. Job changes, sickness and family issues with children or spouse. How about the doctor when he says, uh, I think we need to run another test, right? We've all felt it. The Apostle Paul writes these words here, and he starts with this. He said, do not be anxious about anything. I'm <laughs> looking at that and think, oh, come on. That's great advice. That's like saying, come on. Uh, do not think about a pink elephant. Okay, what'd you think about? Well, of course you did. I mean, that's the thing. So Paul says, don't be anxious. Well, come on, Paul. You don't know the things in my life that I'm dealing with now. I feel all kinds of anxiety pouring into me. But I love his advice when you think about it. Because instead of categorizing and saying, okay, it's okay to be anxious about these things, and, and maybe even about these things, but these things, no, don't be anxious about. Paul just lumps it all together. He says, no, no. Do not be anxious about anything, anything. Now, it's interesting because this word anxious comes from a word that means to have a divided interest. Now, last year I brought these out, but uh, I'm going to bring it out again because I like it. Okay. Okay. How do you hit a baseball? Keep your eye on the ball, right? I mean, it's very simple. We learned that back in Little League. Okay. Now, my question is, how do you hit two baseballs coming at you? Huh? Can you do that? Nobody can do that. Nobody can, because you can't focus on two things at once. And that's what Paul's saying here. If you're going to have anxiety, it's going to cause you to have a divided focus. And when you have a divided focus, you can't win. You just can't win. Yeah, we all face it. 
We all face it. And when we face it, we need to put into action the, uh, the answer, the solution to the problem of anxiety. The solution? Well, let's look one more thing. You know what this is? It's half a skateboard deck. Okay? Now, my, my son used to skateboard. And uh, one day he came back and he said, boy, look at this. And I said, wow, sermon illustration. All right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Five plies of wood. A skateboard is designed to take immense amounts of pressure. Okay, as the, as the, as the skater jumps and lands on either end of the board, it's designed to take the weight of the skater. But something happened here. Okay, one of these plies at one point in time got a crack in it. And when the crack happened and the weight continued to be put on either end of the board, it began to spread to the other plies until finally, well, here's the result. Here's the result. Now, if we allow anxiety to saturate our lives, this is going to happen. Sooner or later, this is going to happen. Because we're not designed to take the pressure by ourselves. And no one wants to crack under pressure. And that's why I love the solution that Paul gives us here. Instead of being anxious about anything, here's what Paul says. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Now, you talk about a pressure relief valve. This is what prayer is designed to do for us. And prayer is simply just talking to God. Just talking to God about the things that are causing anxiety in our lives. Now, when I went to talk to the deputies on my way over to the, way to the department, I prayed. When I went to a meeting a few weeks ago with a bunch of pastors talking about Ignite, and I was nervous, I prayed. When I face critical meetings that can be hostile or challenging, you know what I do? I pray. I pray. I go vertical. Because I know what I need in anxious times. Because I don't want this to happen. So here's what Paul says again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition... Present your request to God. So there's a solution to the double-mindedness, the, the double-mindedness double that wants to attack us when, the, when anxiety comes. The solution, go vertical. Jesus talked about this in a passage about worry. I love that song, by the way. Great, great song. Worry too much? In the passage about worry, Jesus said this, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Another verse, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that in due time he may lift you up, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Both those talk about go vertical, go vertical. We need to pray about everything that causes anxiety. Lift it up to the Father, everything. Now, somebody might say, well, I'm anxious all the time. I'd be praying all the time. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. The Father can take it, okay? Father can take it. He wants us to go to him. So we keep lifting him up. Every time they come in, we keep lifting him up, right? Now, one of the keys is we need to pray with thanksgiving. And here's what that means. As we pray, we can be thankful that, that we're not alone. We can be thankful that God not only listens, but he's going to respond as we lift things up before him. He always takes action, even when we think he's slow. He's always at work. God is for us. He never leaves us. And I'm thankful I have someone like God on my side. 
In my experience, though, when I'm anxious about something, it keeps coming back. You know what I mean? I lift it up, comes right back. Lift up, it's like a boomerang, right? It just keeps coming back. And here's what I think the Lord wants us to do. Every time it comes back, throw it back up to him. We don't have to hold on to it. That's, that's exactly what Paul's saying. In everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Just keep throwing it back to him. And sooner or later, it won't come back to us. That's just the way the Father works. See, we don't need to be anxious about anything because we can talk to God about everything. And God wants us to do it. He wants us to depend on it. He wants us not to be anxious about what we can't handle anyway. God is a loving Father, and we can trust Him to take care of us because He does. He does. And this leads to the promise that, that is revealed in this passage, which I love the promise, okay? If we practice a solution, here's what God promises us. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us, if we are determined to practice prayer in the face of anxiety, we receive a gift from God. The gift is peace, peace. Absence of restlessness, absence of strife. You all know anxiety brings restlessness in us. It causes us to be fidgety and worry. Isn't it nice to know we have opportunity for peace? It's a protective thing that God offers to his children. Now, we understand protection, okay? So, when it's hot outside and the sun's beating down, I wear this. You know why? Because I'm follically challenged. Right? And I know what happens if I go out in the sun without this, right? Red, okay? Now, I rode, I rode my motorcycle today, okay? I wore this. You know why? Because my head and pavement don't go together, right? Right? Okay? Protection. Protection. Here's the thing. God promises us protection when anxiety is seeking to infiltrate our lives. He said, listen, you don't have to let it in. It guards our hearts and our minds, these two key areas of our lives. It, it, it guards our hearts so we don't have to lose heart. We don't have to... We don't have to uh, be, have a heart that's filled with fear, God is here to take care of us. We guard our minds. So we don't let the wrong things in and we keep the right things. We don't let the wrong things in, we keep the right things in. Okay, we hold the right things in, keep the wrong things out, right? So if we're not protected, we'll be saturated. But God gives us protection. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. I love that phrase. You know what transcends all understanding means? It means it doesn't make sense logically. How in the world does a person have peace in the midst of an anxiety-filled opportunity? Let me tell you a story. 30 years ago, Darla and I were caring for our nine-month-old son, Logan. He had a fever. He woke up in the middle of the night, and he was burning up. I mean, he's, I mean, he's just burning up. So we put him in a tepid bath to try and draw the, the temperature down, and we put him in bed in between us. And shortly after, they let us out this blood-curdling shriek. I could still hear it today. And he went into convulsions. <sighs> so I talk about anxious moments. I, I put, shoved my finger in his mouth, which you don't ever do. We raced him downstairs. We called the fire department because that was before 911 in Mantino, and it seemed like forever. 
But finally, the guys arrived and began to take care of him. And uh, Darla then rode in the ambulance down to the local hospital about 25 minutes away. And I was left at home to stew about what had happened. Early the next morning, I dropped the other two boys off at a friend's house and made my way down to the hospital. I still remember talking to God that day as I drove down there. And I said, Father, you know this is one of those times when I could say, why me? Why my little boy? He's only nine months old. And then I stopped. I said, but I want to practice what I preach. And I'm going to praise you instead. And so I, I thanked God for the way the, the paramedics had showed up so quickly. I thanked him for the fact that Logan was in a place where he was going to get the care he needed. And I thanked God that I knew he was going to do something. I didn't know what, but he'd do something to take care of my little boy. And then I spent the rest of my time singing songs to the father on my way down to the hospital. And I told Michael first out, music really does play a, a marvelous difference in our lives. Now, I don't know any other way to describe it other than I felt the peace that passes all understanding. Now, I want you to know, nothing changed about the situation. Logan had a fever for three days. They, they struggled to get that fever down. And I was, but through it all, I was calm. I was collected. And people would show up and say, why are you so calm? I said, I got the peace. I don't know what God's going to do, but God's going to do something. And he did. Logan came out. He's fine. He's fine. There have been a lot of times in my life where I experienced this type of peace in the midst of anxious times. And I'll tell you what, it all goes back to that foundational day for me 30 years ago. Because what God showed me that day is something he continues to show me over and over again. And so I know when those anxious times come, what I need to do and where I need to take it, I need to go vertical. And God always comes through. He always comes through. That's why I thought this might be something valuable to pass along today to you. Since we all face anxiety, it doesn't matter what age we are, doesn't matter what our economic situation or our heritage, we all we need to have a way to handle this problem. And God not only gives us a way to handle it, he also attaches a promise that delivers. The promise is peace. Peace. So I want to close with a couple of challenges. One, we are going to be saturated by the things we allow into our lives. We are. And I think it's very apparent we can choose to let ourselves be saturated by one of two things, uh, anxiety or peace. And that's why I wanted to give you a sponge today. I want you to put that place somewhere where you can just think about it and think about what we, uh, what we talked about today and, and make your choice. Make your choice. And if you want to choose peace, here's what I want you to do. Throughout this next week, you're, you're going to have opportunities to practice, to have anxiety come, okay? You are, just will. And anytime it rears its head, why don't you talk to God about it? Take a vertical instead of internalizing it and holding on to it. And let him know you're going to trust him to take care of you. Don't allow it to infiltrate. So when it comes back, push it back up, okay? Just keep pushing it up. Try it. Try it. See what happens. You know, and maybe you're, maybe you're trying to figure out if this God thing is really real or not. And that's great. That's a great place to be. 
Because God wants to show himself to you. So why not give it a try this week? If, if an anxiety time comes, push it up. Talk to God about it. You just like me talking to you, we can talk to God the same way. See what happens. See what happens. Because God wants you to know him, but he also wants you to know peace. And friends, if you're a follower of Jesus already, I'll tell you what, we can help other people who are in anxious times. And basically, it's very simple. We just need to offer to pray with people. There are two very powerful words we can use with people. And the words are, let's pray. Let's pray. And when you have somebody you know who's going through an anxious time, why don't you just offer to pray with them? And this next week, if you, if you open yourself up to that opportunity, I guarantee you will have a chance to pray with somebody who needs prayer, who needs the peace that comes from going vertical. So sometimes we go vertical for people and with people. We help them find that connection. So look for an opportunity this next week to not only practice the peace yourself, but to extend the peace to somebody else. Paul said it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we think about words that help us along the journey of life, these are game changers. Game changers as we put them into practice. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the differences made in the lives of so many people. I thank you for the differences made in my life as I think back on stories from the past. Father, if there are those here today who are filled with anxiety, let them them seek somebody who will pray with them. Because we know you respond. We know you answer. We know you want people to know you and to know the peace. Father, thank you for the promise. And thank you for the solution to this problem we all face. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.